0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stuff Ben and Mike Like.
1: The 8th best anime podcast in the United Kingdom.
0: It's official. According to some dodgy website that's trying to sell us podcast metrics. I mean, um, why
1: would they lie to us, Ben? Why would they lie to us?
0: For money, Mike. For money. And, yeah, we're we're assuming there are only 8 anime and manga podcasts in the UK. But it's still cool to know so we're back surprisingly with another episode um which, in which we're going to be going over the anime that has come out in the past season which was the summer spring spring season I think the spring
1: season of 2021
0: so we'll be covering the shows that we've actually watched from that so you know we won't be covering shows we haven't watched because that would be frankly ridiculous Oh, we could have but a guess, though. <laughs> we we could have a guess, but hopefully we'll be able to give some more in-depth coverage to uh, to those shows, which we'd usually skim over with our sort of annual sum-ups. But um, first, we're going to do what we what we usually do, which is talk about some general chat and catch-up. Um, that's
1: that's the technical term. Uh, I mean, obviously, then, because we're always fingers on the pulse of the, of the zeitgeist, etc., we're coming to you with... Uh, news from e3 like a month late (laughs) um and as we you know we we caught up over the duration of the show anyway but i think that the overall feeling is a bit of a meh
0: i mean i think the telling thing here is we were saying should we have a show just for e3 and then after e3 we said no let's not bother (laughs) we've got nothing to say so that's really all you need to know but despite that we're going to go into a bit more detail um as you said like yeah it was a pretty mediocre show there's still the the echoes of of covid um definitely reverberating through everything lots of sh- lots of things which people sort of expected to show up which just mm. didn't um I mean yeah I'll be honest a lot of the E3 conferences I always find relatively mediocre I've never really enjoyed an Xbox one um Ubisoft has a lot of ubisoft games and
1: zany energy usually
0: (laughs) yeah um and i mean i did find that i was watching a lot of the sort of the smaller shows this year which have sort of popped up um with all of the sort of indie games and again still not seeing like a lot of a lot that i was really interested in but i think you, you you said that you felt that the indie games are probably the standouts
1: there was more from that collection that, yeah, I, you know, noted down as something to keep an eye on. Again, there weren't really many things that sort of blew me away and I thought, oh, I'm definitely going to have to buy this. But there, there are a few that I've noted down and there was a kind of demos event on Steam not long after uh, E3, which actually a few of those things popped up on. So I've had a little play around, uh, which in some cases then put me off them. <laughs> but in some cases, you know, still a bit of a watch this space.
0: What really annoyed me is I watched the entire Wholesome Direct because it supposedly had news about Bear and Breakfast, which is a game about a bear running a bed and breakfast. And actually, the trailer had like less information in than the previous trailers It, had. <laughs> it was a shorter
1: yeah, shorter trailer. Than I, uh,
0: I, I, was, I was upset about that. Yeah, not, yeah.
1: they didn't give much airtime to any individual game in that, which is a bit of a shame.
0: I made some, some predictions about the, the Nintendo one, which I think I got 3 out of 5 correct. I figured that Bayonetta 3 would show up, which it didn't. But I, I made some sort of reasonably safe guesses, which was a new Smash Brothers reveal that they'd say Metroid Prime 3 is still under development, but we have nothing to show for it. Um, they'd show a trailer to the Breath of the Wild sequel, and something else that I can't remember, but didn't happen so it was like there wasn't really any big surprises apart from metroid dread mm. which i'm pretty excited by but um yeah not really much else even even the 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 now we've actually got a proper trailer for um the breath of the world sequel i'm kind of looking at it and going eh, I'm not sure anymore yeah i had
1: similar thoughts i think uh it's still like semi early days. Um mm. and hopefully, yeah, future trailers will show off some stuff that's a bit more new and interesting. I mean obviously there's new elements, like it's floating in the sky and like there's the power where he kinda of like warped through rock and like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um but yeah, it kinda it looks like more of the same. I think that's what a lot of people are looking for anyway, is just like, yeah, another sort of sandbox with those systems, and that's fair enough.
0: I feel like sort of the, yeah the trailer sort of showed more without really actually showing anything sort of it somehow feels like the the, the first trailer actually somehow showed more about the, the style and tone of the game might be like and this actually sort of feels like it you know all of that was really just cutscenes. the rest of the game is going to be pretty much the same yeah um and my other prediction was that you'd see some uh, Splatoon 3 new news but um some announcements, but yeah, there was nothing on that, which was sad as a big Splatoon fan.
1: Yeah, one of the many conspicuously absent games of the show.
0: And Sony, of course, just haven't been going to E3 at all, which is kind of sad, because they usually had a pretty decent show, but it was always at some horrific time in the morning, so you didn't tend to watch it.
1: Oh, you've got to stay up to, like, 4.30am with your booze and your popcorn whatever it's part of the experience yeah not
0: not on a well whatever night it is I can't it usually a Sunday or something yeah whatever it was it wasn't an ideal time
1: did you um check out any of the demos following E3
0: I downloaded the Monster Hunter stories 2 demo Mm. I haven't actually played it yet which is it's sort of it's an RPG um made by Capcom obviously um that is sort of set in the Monster Hunter world, but was sort of quite a different sort of graphical style. Mm. And uh, I'll be honest, the reason that I sort of, it looked interesting to me is because I was like, this graphical style sort of reminds me of Breath of Fire. (laughs) And if you don't know, I'm like a big Breath of Fire fanboy, even though there hasn't been a new game in a really long time.
1: I can see that. Um, I also downloaded that demo and played it and gave up. (laughs) Uh. Uh, Which is, yeah, maybe not. The, the best note to sort of make you excited about it. Yeah. Um, briefly, my experience with it was, it's, yeah, it's got quite a cute, semi-cool art style. Um, and some of the parts of the game I could see myself clicking with, like, kind of exploration, like, riding around on monsties, as they're called. Um, I not sure about that. <laughs> uh, and the battle system, which is, like, kind of a rock-paper-scissors-plus Kind of thing, um, like seemed okay, Uh, but from its Monster Hunter heritage, um, mostly I assume. uh, There's also just a billion sort of side systems and like management bits and pieces to worry about, like on the RPG side, that really put me off um, because I just don't have the time. (laughs) There's there's a very notable point in the demo, which is where I switched off, um, where like you do your first little mini quest to like get an egg and get your first monsty friend um and then you like go back to town you have the cutscenes, etc and then after that it flashes up on your screen being like you can now craft weapons you can now talk to the potion person you can now do this you can now access these seven more things on your menu you can now do this um and there's literally like 12 messages uh introducing like completely new like systems and mechanics that you're gonna have to interact with to like you know uh, hone your character, and it's just like, nah, can't be dealing I, with
0: that. I do. I mean, I think I touched on some of this when I talked about Xenoblade Chronicles too. But yeah, I do feel like there's a lot of um, a, a lot of the problems with modern JRPGs specifically. Is they have a lot of systems and they do a very bad job of like introducing them because they mm. do just kind of dump them all on you. Uh, whereas a lot of games will, you'd hope, would sort of try and introduce mechanics gradually. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I, when I was watching, I watched some of the Nintendo Treehouse gameplay, and yeah, I, I wasn't really that taken by the actual gameplay that I saw. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of kind of the Pokemon style collect all the monsters. I prefer, I like just having, you know, actual characters. Mm-hmm. And then it seemed to feature um, turn based combat. But then in the turn-based combat, you can't actually control what half the characters are doing. They just take automatic actions, which I find that infuriating because I already hate playing RPGs where I have automatic like action, sort of action real-time battles where you've got people just doing stuff all over the place, and I can't actually really tell them what to do. And the best
1: thing about it is as well, like a lot of your sort of abilities and special moves rely on you like syncing up. Uh, actions with your teammates who you can't control so it's kind of like hmm
0: yeah I, i i'll be honest i've been giving a lot of thought recently to like if i was designing an rpg what would i do and i'm just like this would be such a good rpg i'd really like it no one else would but i i think it was great
1: time to sell it to square enix or something
0: I mean what what I have been playing a lot of recently was having played through Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I've been playing through Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, so I can give you my thoughts on that as well. I haven't finished it yet, so I'm not going to give you any like major thoughts. But I mean, it's weird because it's like in some ways it's you know, you can see they learned lessons from Xenoblade from from that game and improved things in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. And then in other ways, it's actually, like, way better than some things they did in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Mm. Like, they'll... In Xenoblade Chronicles 2, they'll frequently have a quest to say, go and kill five of these enemies. All but right. there's actually only two of them on the map, so you have to com- keep reloading and going back to the spot to kill these two enemies. Whereas, yeah, this game is less bad about that. It'll say, kill five of these enemies, and there will be, like, five or six of them. But, yeah, I'll, I'm going to save my... My full thoughts on that game uh, for another day. I'll look Once forward I've to actually it. finished it. What else have you been playing?
1: I played a couple of other demos uh, after E three. Um, one that I thought was worth bringing up because it seems relevant to our interest is a game called Wolfstride, um, which is a game about like big mech fighting, basically, um, where you've got like. Oh, Pacific Rim Jaeger-esque machines like boxing each other. Um, And, you know, that's kind of in our wheelhouse. Uh, Mm. So I thought I'd check it out. It's got a kind of like black and white, almost like noirish art style. Um, And it is okay. Uh, I I kind of... It's like turn-based mech combat. Like, you've basically just got these two giant hulking machines, which outside of combat, you can kind of customise and put different parts in. And then you kind of select actions and you sort of beat each other up um but because of that turn-based nature it feels incredibly sort of like stilted and because if you're like me and you know you'd take a little while agonizing over what's the best action to take in any (laughs) given turn Mm. like it's basically like a big robot punches another big robot in the face and then like five minutes pass and then the other robot punches it back in the face and then like it's it's, I, it's not much of a spectacle
0: i could sort of see that working if you know because like w- when you do watch again you know pacific rim when you de- when when you see the like jaeger punching a kaiju in a face it's quite a sort of big slow like drawn out mm. action so i could sort of i could see the turn-based thing working somewhat but yeah, i think they'd sort of need to streamline it and make it so that the you know it still sort of flows rather than having that. yeah exactly
1: like for, for, for that exact reason i thought it might work quite well but like yeah there's something that doesn't quite fit perfectly i'm wondering whether like it would be cool if at the end of a battle you could kind of do almost like real-time replay of like all the mm. actions and how it played out and you know the max could still be moving kind of like slow and weighty but it, it kind of flows better um that's my feedback for them <laughs> I guess uh, you put that
0: in a steam review
1: <laughs> I didn't but maybe I should um, the other thing that's like vaguely game related is the fact that uh, yesterday I watched the Dynasty Warriors movie on Netflix um, and th- there have been many movies based on Romance of the Three Kingdoms which is like a, a Chinese classic and what Dynasty Warriors is based on but this is specifically a movie based on the game based on the, <laughs> on the books Um And it was great. Uh, Ridiculous. Silly. (laughs) It's got like, it only covers a very tiny portion of like that sort of period of history slash novels uh, slash the games. And uh, for about half of it in the action scenes, in the fight scenes, they're just fighting normally like real blokes. And it's just kind of like quite cool choreographed action. And then for the other half of it, they're breaking out the stupid Dynasty Warriors magic powers and like firing like hurricanes and fire into the air and like this kind of stuff, uh, which didn't really make any sense. But it was good fun. Uh, But the thing that I particularly enjoyed was it had the actual it had tracks from the Dynasty Warriors games like in the background. So like the, you know, crazy overdriven guitar stuff, like really over the top. Um, So that was really fun. And it sounds like they're setting it up for like a series of films, which I'm totally behind.
0: Did it have Lubu in it?
1: It had Lubu in it um with with (laughs) gusto um and yeah uh i I recommend watching it maybe maybe with some alcohol in hand uh it's a good time
0: excellent so moving on to anime in terms of well we both went to see before we actually get on to the seasons anime we talked about this before um the demon slayer Was it, hang on, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, the animation, the movie Mugen Train, I think is the full title. Um, But the Demon Slayer movie. Yes. We both went to go and see it in the cinema.
1: We did indeed. It was uh, my first triumphant return to cinemas after, yeah, over a year away due to pandemic, obviously.
0: I think the last movie I went to go and see was, before this, was... um, Avengers Endgame and that was a horrifyingly terrible experience filled with 12 year olds who I wanted to murder so yeah I haven't been back to the cinema in a while Um, haven't really felt the need
1: my my experience prior to that was um, Tenet, Christopher Nolan's Tenet which was Mm. a horrible experience just for the fact that it wasn't a very good film
0: (laughs) well so um, yeah I mean it, obviously, this movie, um, Demon Slayer, not Tenet, has been um, hugely popular in Japan. It's like broken all the box office records to be touched on in the previous episode. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I was sort of, I don't know if I was sort of expecting to be blown away by it, given how popular it is. But I came away. You know, I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty good. I've got some, some further thoughts. I mean, for starters, it's called Mugen Train, which is like infinity train. And it's only got like eight carriages. That's it, not it, an infinity train. It, it wasn't train. the
1: longest train. I, I, I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was an infinity train because it just kept keeps going forever, maybe. I don't know.
0: What, like don't... in Snowpiercer. Yeah. Yeah, but it stopped at a station like right at the beginning. That's how they got on. <laughs> That's I mean, I they had to get on whilst it was moving. So... Um. Yeah, I mean, well, I did find it interesting that it, um, it it literally just sort of picked up where the show ended. Mm. I didn't know if they'd sort of try and sort of do a, a re reintroduction of all the characters. And um, that was an interesting thing because it made it slightly awkward structurally because it's sort of a direct series continuation, but also kind of like a guide and side story. And that makes me think, could it have actually, did it need to be a movie? Could it have just been a short arc of episodes instead?
1: It, it really felt to me exactly like, yeah, a, a mini arc that you'd have uh, in a few episodes for sure. But I don't know, Like, I, I quite enjoyed having it as a movie. I mean, even if for no other reason than, yeah, the topical, like kind of going back into the cinema. And obviously it's like, yeah, it's a possible animation and there's like incredible visuals, and incredible sound. It was kind of a good place for I- it.
0: I found that the the visuals like I mean this is not necessarily a bad thing it wasn't as much of like a step up I haven't watched the series that recently but I didn't feel like it was that much of a step up from the series mm. as I was maybe expecting but the series already looked pretty amazing yeah. so um it had these sequences where it had some ultra realistic backgrounds or some which I found a little bit jarring compared mm. to the animation and also, there's a thing which I think is just kind of problem with anime movies across the board. But when you actually draw the when you actually draw the key frames, you draw them like a, literally, you draw them on a sheet of paper, and that sort of because you're only drawing that to a certain size, it kind of limits the resolution of that art to a certain degree. It's only got so much detail in it, and if you're animating something in a way that's sort of mastered for television and then blow that up to being on a cinema screen it doesn't always Mm. look that great and i did sort of get that impression there but i mean i think that's maybe something just to do with with animate movies in general yeah and one interesting thing which i found trawling wikipedia about this is that um (laughs) the movie was planned quite early on in this like you know about midway through the first half of the of the, of the first season um, which means that basically they planned in the movie and started working it way before the whole show like exploded in popularity hmm. so they probably if they'd known how much money it was going to make I'm sure they probably would have thrown more budget and work at it but I think it was still you know probably just made but with a similar team who made the, the TV show just with a, maybe a little bit more time to polish it and um, that probably explains why it's not quite as like visually incredible as you uh, as I expected yeah
1: I mean I didn't really have any complaints on that front like as you say it being I mean, sort yeah, of similar to the series which is already great like the, but on the big the,
0: screen there was, there was like a, an entire sort of middle the sort of mid-boss thing was basically a giant cgi purple poop okay yeah it was just like a big cgi blob
1: that i didn't enjoy but like that wasn't just because they hadn't polished the visuals that was just because that was a design choice that was just wrong (laughs) to be Mm. honest and as i as i mentioned to you afterwards that was basically almost just copy pasted from like one of the enemies or just like a lot of the stuff that happens in the the fate uh movies that ufotable have done where there's yeah. a lot of those kind of gross tentacly things which don't really look quite right or nice yeah i mean to
0: and again to be fair the giant purple as you say that there, there is some of that in the fate series but it looked a lot like that in the visual novel as well That was how the original art looked so i can't really blame them on that <laughs> Yeah, I mean the the story was kind of cool. It as I said it definitely sort of felt like it 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 had this this weird thing where it's a part continuation part guide and um the sort of the, the main villain of the train bit was was pretty cool and we had um Rengoku the the fire hashira show up doing some cool stuff. I did feel like the rest of the cast they kind of just, it was it was a lot of the sort of just chucked in there. Um, Zenitsu literally got like about five seconds to actually do something Mm. which I was really sad about because Zenitsu is like best guy, maybe not best guy, he's best boy yeah Um, yeah there's some really cool stuff in there, we got this like glimpse into Tanjiro's consciousness which is like Mm. the, the main character who's always like shown to be this like really innocent and pure guy and then someone, like, breaks into his unconsciousness to try and, like, destroy his soul. And, like, there's a load of, like, little helper people in his soul who are just like, hello, here, we'll take you to the soul. Here, you can destroy it if you want to. La, 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 la. It's like, wow. Yeah, that's pretty great. This guy is, like, pure... something. Pure purity. Yeah. yeah.
1: It it was good fun. Um, I walked away, like, pretty positive. I think, uh it's probably the best like anime series movie tie-in that I've seen yeah. and I mean a lot of them are yeah completely disregardable side stories like you mentioned so it's cool that it is actually like an obvious sort of continuation uh of the story um the yeah it's kind of split into those two kind of mini arcs like the first bit being very train focused uh like you said um I'm not sure it really needed to be on a train, to be honest, but like it was, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, cool. And then the, the the second half, which you know, not going to spoil anything, but uh, some great action, basically, um, yeah, and some like fairly predictable but still quite potent like emotional beats. Um, yeah, it was a good time.
0: I I did. I've written here. I sort of, I simultaneously wanted the movie to be bigger. But or smaller, or possibly both, <laughs> I think I either wanted it to be sort of like a smaller kind of more self contained thing, or I wanted it to be like bigger and more crazy. It sort of felt like it towed the line really mm. between those two but um i've i've i think we we said before we'd we'd describe it as like a solid a minus
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems so. like it
0: was it was good, but not like not perfect, but like just good fun. I don't think. Well, at least in the UK, I don't think it's. I don't know if it's been, if it's now in any cinemas, but I'm sure it'll come out on streaming services or Blu-rays or something. At some yeah, point.
1: I, th- I think its run ended though. It did get a fair few dates. It, it, yeah, it definitely did well. Um, earned quite a lot of money. Uh, the the mm. re- The recent, as of this week, uh, anime movie cinema going experience is uh, the Violet Evergarden movie. It is currently showing.
0: Oh yeah, I thought that was the thing. I still haven't watched the Evergarden special. I don't know if that was actually required viewing.
1: Might be the same thing. I can't remember. There's no, the been... the, the, the,
0: spe- the special was a while ago. The movie okay. is new, I think. The special I'm not was I sure. It was an I OVA.
1: Got, I got the impression that like the movie that's showing now is like the OVA that was out a while ago. I could be wrong. There's there's like a range of media, and I'm not obviously on
0: top of it. Well, I mean, the OVA has been on Netflix for a while, yeah. so I'd be surprised if they suddenly decided to show it. In the cinema. Well,
1: it's pretty, and people like anime in the cinema, so who knows? I was just going to say before we uh, get on to our roundup of the anime season, I just wanted to call out obviously, I've been listening back to quite a few of our episodes um, from the past, from the archives, to get them ready to like upload and put them out. Uh, for the for the world to listen to and I've realized um, that I, I, I use the phrase I think it's fair to say a lot <laughs> like too much almost like every every single thought and every single take that I have like I, I qualify by saying I think it's fair to say that um, which is just like the worst crime in uh, in podcasting really it's just like I'm I'm not going to commit to anything that I'm saying uh, so I'm going to try and try and reel that back in
0: well, I think it's fair to say that everyone should have a uh, a catchphrase.
1: It's a catchphrase, a really, really terrible catchphrase. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Just a little quirk there. So having just rated that movie as an A-, minus, we should now get on the rest of our shows and talk about like the tier system that we have, which is completely different. Um, so this is, I mean, we, we both used to, or I don't know, we, we both used to write kind of, blogs of anime roundups before we started doing this in podcast form and i started rating things in like a vague tier system because that made sense in my mind um which goes from we're saying god tier is like the absolute like top tier the pinnacle then great then good then okay then bad and then i mean it was called sow tier (laughs)
1: As in Sword Art Online.
0: As in Sword Art Online. I don't know if sour tier is e- if Sword Art Online is even Sour Tier anymore. That was during like the second season when it was just really bad. Um, I mean, it's still not great, but I don't know. Maybe it's more like Bad Tier these days. So okay. you might need to think of a new name for that one.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of a, a, an equivalent show for a really dreadful tier. Um, Worry No Seraph? Yeah, maybe... Uh, Or like Lost Village, Myoiga maybe is down there, but that's almost kind of so bad it's good. So I don't. mm,
0: We could just call it like Terrible Tier. Or
1: or maybe like as the opposite of God Tier, we could have God Awful Tier. How about that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, So just to give some sort of clarity on the way that I think about that, for me, like God Tier is like there's very few shows that like make it that high. That is like absolute pinnacle of sort of some of my top favorite shows I was trying to think what's even got there in recent years probably golden kami maybe and possibly show again there yeah, show that again Rakugo Rakugo, show. Shinju maybe those two but yeah um it's it's pretty hard to to get yourself into God tier. you have to be like well you have to really appeal to me anyway. No Diamond, No ASAC Act 2? Oh, mm, I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. A discussion for a um, long time. But yeah, basically. Um, so God, God Tier is just like, it's really... It, I think, personally, it's really good. Um, and it's like, top favourite show for me. Great is like, unconditional recommendation. You should watch this show, it's great. Good Tier is like maybe conditional recommendation that's kind of it's pretty good you might enjoy it might might be better for you than it was for me okay is just sort of eh. didn't really feel much if you watch it you're not going to be offended middle of the road yeah bad is you know bad and god awful is yeah don't watch this at all why did we watch this
1: yeah like if a show that you've actually completed is in the god awful tier like something's gone wrong really
0: (laughs) yeah but um I will say that you know if if it's if it's actually so bad that it's good then we're not going to put it in like still put it in the bad tier if it's actually you know entertaining to watch then it'll it'll get bumped up even if it's actually bad. Indeed. That makes sense. Anyway, shall we get started?
1: Let's do it. We're going to tackle it in alphabetical order as is tradition. Um I think we might actually stick to actual alphabetical order this time for the most part. So first up is uh, 86, um, because numbers go before letters in the alphabet, we've decided. Uh,
0: Is it not called, like, 8686?
1: Maybe, in some incarnations. Maybe that's the translation.
0: (laughs) Um, I can believe it.
1: But this is a show uh, by, I think it's A1. Um, And... Yeah, sigh, basically. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Like, I-, I watched all of it. I'm not really sure why. So the show is about um, a-, a nation that is at war with its neighbours. And the sort of instruments of that war are like these quote-unquote unmanned drones where they basically send out these, you know, vehicles, weapons to, like, do the fighting for them. Um but then it's revealed that uh they're not actually unmanned uh they're manned by uh this by well citizens effectively but they they're disregarded as not even human because they're like a different race basically um basically it's it's like a really thin veil for like you know racism and discrimination and mm. like they, they they try and bring that up as like kind of the key theme of the show and you know good on you that's a thing to talk about but they don't really do anything complicated at all like the, the the show's messages are literally boiled down to like war is bad discrimination is bad there's nothing more complex than that it's very black and white and i'm not really sure why they had to make it um there's a lot of action scenes with these kind of like mechanically spider mech things like fighting each other and they're okay but they're not really like great enough make the show worth watching. Um there's a load of characters that they try and make you care about, but I couldn't tell you any of their names. <laughs> um didn't make a whole lot of sense. There's a Sawano Hiroyuki soundtrack which is all right, I guess. Ah uh, uh, yeah.
0: Um I I didn't watch this one because <laughs> I basically sort of as what I do with a lot of these things, I kind of read the description and I look at the key visual and I go yeah, this kind of looks sort of generic and crummy.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair description. I d- I don't really know why I stuck with it to be honest. Um,
0: that there, there were quite a few shows like that in the season where I just sort of skipped it really. Yeah, that's probably i j- I j- I just sort of, I thought this might be interesting, but it's probably not.
1: I think for all that though, it probably falls in like the okay tier. I think it's very kind of like. Average, middle of the road. Some people will get something out of it, maybe, but like it certainly okay. doesn't climb higher than that. And it's not technically bad enough to sort of go below it. I'd say. Fair enough. Uh, so next up, I, I, oh, I just go... want
0: to say on Crunchyroll it is called eighty six, eighty six, as in like the the okay. numbers. And <laughs> it doesn't have like a song by nine nine, does it?
1: <laughs> it doesn't. No. I mean that would otherwise.
0: that would have matched up perfectly.
1: Um, cool. So, next up... Yeah, I guess we should say it's available on Crunchyroll. That's where that's where 86 is. Um, back ten slash Backflip in English. Um, this is a sports anime about, uh, group... Men's group rhythmic gymnastics. So, if that's something that you weren't expecting there to be an anime about, well, no, now there is. Um... So it's the one where like a a, a team of guys are doing kind of like half performative dance, half like flips and tricks and stuff on a, on a mat. Um, and it was it was pretty fun actually. Um, we were talking the other day about like whether there have been any okay sports anime in recent times, and like I certainly wouldn't hold this up as like a, an amazing example of the genre, but it's it was it was uh, pretty decent. I'd say, whereas with some sports anime, the kind of the characters are like the real strong point and the kind of relationships are what sort of bring you along. Um, And the sport can sometimes maybe even take a little bit of a backseat to that. In this case, it's very much the like actual sports and the gymnastics that like kept me watching, kept me captivated. As the characters themselves are like quite one-dimensional like li- literally every character has like the one thing that they like that kind of defines them there's the guy who uh really likes this one idol group there's the guy who really likes old yakuza movies there's the guy who likes plants that's his deal <laughs> um and and that's it uh and that th- those kind of one-dimensional characters did kind of work fairly well. Like, they play off each other quite well for, like, some alright humour and, like, fun kind of of slice-of-lifey bits. But then when you've got, like, the filler episodes where, like, you know, it's a whole episode of them just kind of hanging around or, like, in some wacky scenario, like, they just don't hold up at all. So those episodes are, like, almost unwatchable. Um, But the gymnastics is really cool. I think it's by Mapper, um, who've been doing, like quite a few of these kind of like i guess more quirky sports anime in the last sort of few years um and there are some really really well animated um mostly like 3d cg uh like dance sequences effectively um that are like really cool to watch um and like very rewatchable even uh and like just yeah fun to take in even as someone who obviously doesn't really know anything about the sport um Though, part of that, so basically, like, towards the end, because, like, effectively it's, you know, a standard sports animator huck where they're going to the Inter High or whatever, or the qualifiers. I think it's the qualifiers that's the focus of this season. Uh, there's been a movie announced to follow there. Um, they, yeah, they, they kind of get to the finals. And, you know, there's this one main rival team that they're up against and they like They show their performances like kind of back to back and the rivals go first and everyone's kind of like oh wow that was amazing and then like the other guys go and then there's a bit of a cliffhanger and it's like who knows who's going to do better but like the show doesn't actually explain at any point kind of what's better and what's worse in this sport it just kind of like shows them doing the stuff and you know it looks impressive to you at home but it's like actually I have no idea what they're scoring or like watching these performances mm. i have no idea who's going to do well it's entirely arbitrary like it's just going to be the plot that determines like who's going to go forward um which kind of lessened the tension a bit for me um i, I don't want to say too much more about this because i realize it's another one that you've not seen and i'm just kind of like ranting about this i
0: mean i i'm i'm interested um because again you know as you said we were talking about um with sports anime and have i haven't seen anything that's really appealed I feel like, for me, like a sports anime has to be really good to actually appeal to me that much. I tend to find that, like, just okay sports anime isn't that appealing. And it's, it's, it's like, I mean, the, the, obviously, I mean, there's always an element of this. But it's just like, every time I see a sports anime, I think, that's a sport I'm interested in. It's either, like, just basically muscular guy's fan service, which, or, you know, skinny guy's fan service, one of the two which i mean you know isn't always necessarily a problem but it it is sort of it's just good to know it's like is this actually going to be a serious sports mm. show or is this just going to be an eye candy show and then pretty much any time you have any show that's like women's sports it's just TNA yeah and i'm just like i wonder what there was um is it hanabado the the like a,
1: badminton one
0: yeah, and I was like, this looks kind of cool, but I'm pretty sure it's just going to be TNA. Because I'm into badminton, and I like badminton. But, yeah, I'm... Uh... <clears throat> I don't know. I It's like, I, I just want to watch, like, proper shows about these things. Yeah. But I mean, anyway.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that you personally watch this, because, as you say, like, it's not, you know... A, a, a phenomenal sports show uh, that's sort of unmissable um but it, it, it's it's better than some some of the stuff out there for sure and yeah it's like an interesting sport um one thing that i will say uh this actually i found is a kind of through line through a lot of the shows this season um and it's true about 86 as well is that like they they didn't really seem to know what the kind of message they were trying to communicate with the show was like there isn't a mm. clear kind of Theme or moral or anything, and like you know, shows don't necessarily have to have like a central message. Um, but they, they seemed like they were trying to scrabble around to find one, and it seemed to like change like every couple of episodes. Like it kind of tries to pull stuff out near the end about you know, actually, it's all about prioritizing being in the moment versus thinking about the future, where it's got like the guy sort of performing even though he's injured his wrist or whatever or actually it's a show about trust and like relying on your teammates or actually no it's a show about like making your own decisions and not letting life kind of sweep you away or like yeah i don't know it tries to make some bold statements but it doesn't like really i don't know it doesn't like lay the foundations to really justify making these claims like you don't really sort of believe it i guess um and yeah there's, there's been a few shows like that
0: I I can I can definitely well I th- I think I I I can see what you're saying with some other shows we'll get to later. Mm. Um, what how how would you tear it? Did you How would
1: it? I tear back ten? Um, I would put it in good. I think.
0: Okay, that sounds fair. Uh, so next show is Goku Shufudo, or Way of the House Husband, which is a um, sort of shortish form. I think it's about fifteen minutes show on netflix um i think it's all released at the same time so it's kind of sort of this season i think it all came out in april there's only six episodes which is a little bit weird um it's basically just sort of a comedy about a yakuza guy he's like a former yakuza boss and um he just starts living as a as a, as a house husband a stay-at-home well not not stay-at-home dad house husband and um yeah i mean it basically is just like it's like haha look here's a humorous situation involving a yakuza guy and like a normal kind of house husband situation and that was pretty much all of the humor was just juxtaposing those it was pretty funny it was it wasn't really animated it was kind of like you know shapes would move around on screen um similar to skull faced bookseller Honda hm mm. which had a similar sort of vaguely animated style, although i don't know i I seem to remember enjoying skullface bookseller Honda Sun more i think um,
1: um i I don't have anything against like that kind of style I think it no. it suits kind of the comedy and how how it works it, it feels like and i'm not sure whether it is it feels like a kind of uh adaptation of like a four panel kind of thing yeah. um in in that kind of way and it yeah it feels kind of like the precise level of uh production value that was required for making this kind of show
0: as i said it's only it's five or six episodes i can't remember it's it. six i it's think on, yeah it's on netflix it's not a huge commitment if you want to watch it it's a good thing to just kind of throw on it it's funny it's not amazing i'd call it like good tier
1: I'd probably put it in good tier, yeah. It's it's solid, it's fairly consistently enjoyable, um, and it's, it's cool to see something like this kind of go straight to Netflix, and at least for me, and maybe that's just because I watch anime anyway, but they promoted it quite hard uh, mm. to try and get us to watch it. Um, but personally, um, for anime fans uh, like us, and stop me if I'm just speaking for myself, uh, I've seen pretty much every joke in that show before, like, yeah. o- often many times like in different series like it's not there's nothing really new um even the kind of setup is kind of like tropey um but like it's 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 well done um and it's cool to yeah re- reach a wide
0: audience i'd say if you want to watch a um a better show about a a guy in amusing situations you should watch Hina Matsuri.
1: Yes, that is very true. Everyone should watch Minamatsu. It's great.
0: Also, I mean, probably actually, again, you know, derives a lot of the same, as you said, a lot of the same jokes, but probably in a better way.
1: Yeah. Slightly more novel, I think.
0: Um, So... And
1: you can watch that on Netflix.
0: You can. (laughs) Um, Moving on to Mashiro no Oto, or uh, These Snow White Notes, which was a show that lied to me with the first episode because mm-hmm. it was completely different from the rest of it. Um, so this is a show that is basically about playing the shamisen, which is a traditional Japanese stringed instrument, which sort of sounds like plinky plunky rubber bands to my untrained Western ears. Um, yeah, so it, it starts it starts out... The, you, the plot is basic. you've got this guy... Um, whose grandfather, who was, like, a, um, a shamisen, I don't know, a virtuoso probably isn't the right word, master.
1: A master, I think they called him, yeah. Has,
0: um, has just died, and he had this, like, very distinct sound that he was able to achieve. And this guy is his grandson, and he's, like, trying to chase after a sound, and he can't achieve it. And he, like, he's living, you know, somewhere in the boonies, and he goes to Tokyo and, like, runs away in the snow. And he just gets there and he meets this random girl and suddenly living at a house and um and then he's somehow like accidentally forced into playing at this um at this random club where you know they're expecting very different types of music and he's suddenly playing the shamisen and everyone's like wow this sounds amazing and you're like this is the story about this guy who's like gonna go around like playing shamisen shows and really finding himself and then the next episode, it's just like, yeah, no, it's a, it's a high school. It's a high school anime. He, they're going to be in a club and go to, like, a high school competition. And that's going to be the whole thing. And a load of the characters from the first episode are just... They just not, disappear, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're, they're still there, but they're really just, like, not relevant. Occasionally, they show up again later on and feels kind of weirdly knocks you out at the moment. Um, yeah. It reminded me a bit of um, Shigetsuo Akimi no Uso, Your Lion April, in terms of being kind of angsty, hmm. show about playing music. Um, yeah, after the first episode, it sort of settled down. Um, but yeah, it really did just... And it's, it's an... I don't know... It's a, a manga adaptation. Um, I
1: believe so, yeah.
0: So I don't really know how that was paced out in the manga, but it felt like they kind of rushed through i mean maybe it's the case where you know they started out writing the manga intending something quite different and then an editor was like oh you should take this in a different direction or maybe the author changed their mind but that's sort of what it felt like to me
1: you should make this like every other series about music
0: (laughs) yeah i mean um the the show was just kind of okay the characters that are introduced are quite bland they sort of assemble out of the ether it's just like hey you should join our club and they just sort of appear and it's like aha you're the funny guy he goes oh no why aren't ladies looking at me that kind of thing um, the main guy has just like very the main character has very unclear goals he's just like oh I need to like find my grandfather's sound but I don't I need to find my own sound but I need to help everyone else find their sound it's just sort of the point I guess, because he's not really sure what he's going for, but it's kind of frustrating to watch and isn't really resolved by the end of the show. Yeah,
1: like, to me, that whole... Yeah, that thread that you talk about, like, didn't really manifest itself throughout the show at all. Like, at the start, like, the very beginning of the show, it's saying he can't play anymore and he's lost his sound because his grandpa's dead or whatever. Um, And then... Yeah, they Pretty just fun. go through a, a series of like sort of high school romped stuff. and Some things happen, and then like right at the end of the show, they kind of bring up this thing again about like uh, his sound versus his grandpa's sound, and no, he should follow his own thing and like be his own man. But like that wasn't that wasn't a theme throughout the show. No one mentioned that like before mm. like the last episodes. Like why are you trying to turn this into like yeah like a soul searching plot? I don't know. It was,
0: uh. yeah. I, I was, was going to say that the shamisen, um, overall, it's like it, it is a funky instrument to 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 western to my western ears anyway. Um, some of it I I did like, and I was like, oh, yeah, I can groove to this. Other parts, I was like, I'm not really sure that I'm like grooving on this. I will say, probably my favorite bit of shamisen playing was in the first opening song, <laughs> yeah, which was by. Um, is it, i want to say spire that's not right it's it not the spire other one. no it's the other one that sort of sounds like spire i don't know i can't remember this is, this is this is good openers, radio i think um but yeah i, I enjoyed that but again anytime they're just like oh this person is playing shamisen in a more like modern style i was like i was kind of enjoying it a bit more um they did that thing where it's like they've got people who've never played the Shamisen before, and then they're suddenly learning to play it to competition standard over the course of a few months, which I can, I can sort of get if they really apply themselves. But then they've got those same people going like, oh, I can suddenly pick up these minute differences in playing style and being like, oh, he's clearly just like changed up his thing. It's like you didn't even know what a Shamisen was like three months okay. ago. I don't believe that you can suddenly pick this up.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it, a bit of a stretch.
0: It's that thing they do with like people in the crowd being like, oh, he's, you know, using his strings in a new way we've never seen before.
1: He's plucking which, with such vigour, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I couldn't really tell. I, I found it quite diff- difficult to tell much difference between sort of the playing styles, mm. which, I mean, I find this with a lot of music anime, and it's not necessarily, like, the show's fault but when you're writing a manga and you're writing and you're saying and then he plays the piano and he's like really you know playing and he's he's not he's not quite you know hitting the notes right and then suddenly he like breaks through and he's putting his heart into it and you can like feel the soul of the music flowing into your heart and it's very easy to write that but then someone's actually got to make mm. that into actual music to actually have in the show and I feel like it's just got to be an absolute headache because you've got the Shamisen guy who's like, okay, so here's the situation. You're a teenager and you're a bit angry and you're going to miss like occasional notes, but you're like, you're really passionate about it and you need to like play exactly like that.
1: Yeah, they, they, they I, I feel like they let the visuals do a lot of the work in that regard, more so than yeah. the music where, yeah, they, you know, while someone's playing it, you know, just completely Gets rid of the background and replaces it with like a flurry of snow or like droplets on a lake or like you know all this kind of stuff to kind of evoke the the feelings that it wants to give you, um, which is okay I think.
0: Mm. But um, they're definitely sort of yeah I it, the, the the whole the I, I was I put it sort of it like I was saying through um, Shogeki no Soma where it's one thing to sort of write about all of these. Foods, but then actually, you know, it's like if you actually made them, would they be good? Mm. It's a sort of similar thing where you know, if you're writing about the music without actually, you know, having to play it, then it, it's a lot easier than actually having to to put it together. Yeah, Although obviously, true. for Shokugeki, they didn't actually necessarily have to cook all of the food to show it in the anime. um Yeah,
1: I mean, I I, I quite liked most of the music. I mean, that was the main reason I watched it. Like, mm. I. I have a soft spot for music anime just because yeah I'm a bit more of a musicy person I guess um yeah particularly in like the the kind of school music context uh, I,
0: I didn't I didn't dislike the music um I mean I, I I liked the music I think mostly for the for the most part mostly for the most part sure um and like it was it was interesting to me because obviously again it's a very different style of music to what mm-hmm. I'm used to um, but it was just, again, it was just kind of a lot of the characters and things around it that sort of dragged me down, really.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't care about any of the characters. I have no idea who they are. <laughs> they were just and, kind of there.
0: And the show did end on a bit of a, a downer, mm. which was weird and then sort of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. I feel like I'm, I might watch it if they came out with the, the second season.
1: Yeah. Like, I was going to say the same thing. Um, but I feel like if you don't sort of follow it up for the second season pretty much immediately, like mm. that's a really naff ending. <laughs> yeah. Right? Especially because as you say, like they've obviously put some thought, whether it's the right thought or otherwise, I don't know, like into how they've paced this like season and like where they get to in the story. And they seem to have, yeah, designed it to get to this point. That's actually just, yeah, like pretty sour <laughs> um, and not, not that uh, fulfilling.
0: I sort of, i See again. I was just like, I'm not sure on this. I've sort of said good tier. It could be like good tier, bordering on okay tier, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think it's lingering around there for me as well. Um,
0: yeah, I, I feel like actually, you know, if there was a second season that did, as you said, continued it, that might elevate it back up again. If this is sort of how it is forever, then yeah, it might sort of drop it down.
1: Yeah. And you can watch that Um, on Crunchyroll.
0: You can. What's next, Mike? Uh,
1: Next up is Nomad Megalobox Season 2. And I'm going to assume that you haven't seen any of this.
0: I haven't. I watched Megalobox Season 1 and I thought that it started out really strong and then became sort of trash.
1: Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think we've discussed it on the podcast before, possibly. Um, yeah, this is one, again, that I probably only, like, just about stuck with through to the end. Like, you know, I could have lost interest at any point along the way, really. Um, as with season one from memory, because it's been a long time, uh, there's not, like, a crazy amount of boxing, (laughs) uh, that takes place. Like, like I was talking about before, you know, it's one of those sports anime quote unquote sports anime where yeah like the actual doing of the sport maybe isn't as front and centre as you might expect um, the end of Megalobox season one um, was Gearless Joe who's our main guy uh, participating in this like metal boxing tournament thing except he doesn't use the metal boxing equipment he just has himself robot boxing, arms. robot boxing arms exactly and um, he, like, goes up against, like, the champion in the, the Grandmaster Tournament to, like, win the title of Megalo box champion or something. Um, and as far as I remember, like, yeah, season one just ends kind of on that high. Um, but then season two starts with, like, it's a few years later. He's, like, a washed-up druggie, like, scraping-together fights on the underground scene... To like, pay for his meds and like stay alive, um, which is kind of weird.
0: Uh, obviously, that they, they, basically how the first season started.
1: I, I think it's fairly similar, yeah, um, yeah. and they, they do fill in those gaps. So it, it's it's a show of two halves, where the first like basically two like so, completely separate stories, effectively. Where the first half is him, uh, yeah, kind of being this washed-up guy, and like he gets help from uh a guy called Chief, who's this uh he's basically like a leader in this like local I'm not really sure about the setting of the of the show, but like it's basically like a Latin American immigrant community in America is like the parallel to what real life is, but I honestly have no idea what the locations are supposed to be. Uh maybe that's right. Um And they're they're kind of like set up and sort of scraping a living like kind of on this old uh like carnival ground i think it is uh and like chief trying to like helps joe get back up on his feet and like helps him get off the drugs and he he, like tries to help joe like become a bit of a coach for him because he's entering this tournament to like win the rights to the land that they're on or whatever so they don't get driven out because you know they're experiencing a lot of sort of racial discrimination and violence and various things and like there's some there's some good like quite topical themes there actually which it explores like reasonably well um and like that half was, of the show is pretty good like I, I i quite enjoyed it um and like you know the boxing was it, it did happen it's good uh <laughs> but then the second half of the show uh is very weird Part of it is, like, the next bit of Joe's arc, which is he kind of returns home because he's been this wandering nomad, it's in the name, um, for the last few years. Uh, So it's him kind of going home, and we find out that, basically, his kind of, like, coach-mentor character from season one, like, died uh, not long after his sort of championship bout before. Um, And... Uh, all the kind of orphans and kids that were kind of part of their gym sorry for people who have not watched like Megalobox season one I don't know whether you should Um, (laughs) they kind of like they sort of blame Joe and then he kind of like runs away and like haven't seen him for years and now they're kind of grown up and there's a lot of animosity between them and (sighs) like so so part of the second half is like his relationship with these kids and it's not particularly interesting and also like he doesn't really engage with them like a real human like he that that they might you know have a rant at him for like abandoning them or like for his sort of terrible behavior and then he'll kind of like shrug it off or like you know just go sorry or something like, and it's just very bland and he doesn't yeah he doesn't feel human and it can be quite painful to watch um but it also introduces like another plot thread with a whole new set of characters that we've never seen before, and it tries to get you to care about within the space of, like, an episode, Um, which I I won't go too much into the details of, but for some reason the show becomes about, like, this microchip that's been implanted into someone that, like, stops them being paralysed and allows them to become a super boxer, and they want to use it in the military and blah, 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 blah. Um, And it just seems completely odds with the rest of what the show's been about and like it doesn't seem to fit into the setting really at all and it's very weird and that becomes the focus of the story and at some point it gets to an ending and apparently the final like match that happens means closure for everyone though I don't really know why that was the case I think it's just because it's a boxing show and so it was like we've got to finish it all with a boxing match and like everyone will be happy uh, but all that to say it, was, it wasn't that great. <laughs> it was that great It's alright yeah um, I
0: mean, the- the the thing where you're saying that was sort because of, I I seem to remember this that I can't remember when the first season was, but I do remember that Joe didn't really have that much in the way of kind of personality.
1: Yeah,
0: he was just like yes, he's a good boxing guy. You didn't really feel like what his drive was or anything like that. He was just you know, it relied on the characters around him. He wasn't really that compelling either.
1: Yeah, that's still very much the case. Um, and there, there's. A couple of characters who do come in in this season who are more compelling, as you say. Um, But yeah, like him as a focus is still a bit, bit lame. Um, And yeah, it's it's just kind of odd that like people who are supposed to be like very key characters in the sort Mm. of the second half of the second season, yeah, just kind of come from nowhere, and suddenly we're supposed to be like very on board with their stories. Um,
0: Does it still have that sort of? I can't think what the description how to describe it sort of that's kind of low res kind of gritty animation style it
1: does yeah it does um and yeah so every time like i put on an episode like for the first couple of seconds i'm like oh is did i download like a non-hd version of the show or something um but no yeah that's just kind of how it looks just a bit weird um but yeah i mean that's that's probably enough about megalobox season two uh where would i rate it I think I'd probably put it in a a similar category to uh, Mashiro no Auto. actually I think it's kind of like treading that line between okay and good Um, I thought
0: you were you were shooting lower than that I know yeah
1: but like it did it did keep me watching and like it's just because there was some like sort of hidden gems I guess Mm. there's like potential there and like ideas that it touched on and like things that it explored briefly that is like kind of interesting, and I would like to have seen them sort of bring that stuff more to the fore, I that, guess.
0: Again, I mean, I feel like that that's what I felt about the the first season, is that there was a lot of untapped potential there. Mm. Especially when they're like, hey Joe, you know what you should do is fight without cool robot arms, and I'm like no, no why <laughs> are you doing this? Stop. Stop.
1: As a spoiler, uh, he does fight with the robot arms in this season. Um,
0: but I mean... Is that a reason to watch it? <laughs>
1: no, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, Fair enough. Where can you watch it? Uh, maybe Funimation for this one? That it's not sounds or... about right. Um, so, yeah, that, that, let's move on. Ben, what's our next show?
0: Next show is Odd Taxi, which is an original um, show from can't remember, it's like OLM is the studio who I don't think I've heard of or OLM x someone else it's um, this is another show where it was not at all what I was expecting um, from sort of looking at the, again, like the key art visual and reading the descriptions I assumed it was just going to be kind of a collection of short vignette stories about so it, it, this is a world in which everyone is um is an animal character a sort of anthropomorphized animal and um our story focuses on this um this taxi driver whose name is Odakawa and um yeah I thought it's just going to be vignettes like you know people ride in the back of a taxi and like a story unfolds and things like that which I mean would be cool but i was like oh it's like full-length episodes and that feels more like a short form thing i don't know if it's that gonna be that interesting and it wasn't really like that at all i mean it sort of maybe started out with with some of that and it definitely did have some sort of moments like that but it was like it was more about a load of personal stories that are all interconnected that Unfold, and they're all centered around this taxi driver. And given sort of the art style is quite not cutesy, but sort of you know the animals, everything sort of quite like rounded and fluffy looking, um, and the stories are like really often quite dark mm. and weird, mature, and, um, yeah. yeah, and it just it pulls even like when I watched the first episode, I was like, okay, I'm down with this, and it just sort of pulls you along. Um, with like hints of sort of mysteries and things going on. Um, almost everything that happens on screen that you see is like is significant, and it, there'll be some kind of payoff later, which I really liked. Like there'll just be sort of some like throwaway quick shot of something, and it'll turn out to be a really important plot point. But it's not like you know if you miss it, you're not going oh no, I missed something important because it. But then later on, you're just like, oh, and um, yeah, the, the the characters are definitely sort of what, what it is a character focused show, I'd say, and the characters really drive the show forward. Like they, they feel like real flawed people, mm. and but they've they've all there's no one who's sort of like beyond like, all, all the characters have a degree of sympathy to them. There's no kind of particular bad guy or good guy. Everyone is like flawed but also sympathetic in some ways which i really like um the voice acting is is pretty great and really carries all the characters and there was a standout which is this one porcupine character who (laughs) wraps all his lines which just is just weird the first there's no explanation given to it it just sort of starts happening but it's just it just it's it's really hard you have to watch it but it's just like you know the scene will start, and this, like, funky beat will kick in, and you're like, yeah, and then this guy will just start rapping at stuff, and he's like, what, what's going on? I love that, I thought that was brilliant. Um
1: For me, um, like, I echo his sentiment about, the, like, the characters being amazing, and the voice acting is great, Um but... <laughs> Complete flip side for me on, on Yano, who's that character that you're t- talking about. Because that's actually the, something that comes up in quite a lot of anime. Like, that's a trope that I've seen a lot of times, is the, the guy who, yeah, for some reason, raps all his lines. And, yeah, it's, it's just a bit hold on me now.
0: I, I, I've never actually seen that before. The, the main thing for me that I found odd is the subtitles. I think the first time, in the first episode it happened, the subtitles didn't bother to try and rhyme. But then yeah. after that, they did. And it was just, like, it was a little bit awkward to read. Yeah. Um,
1: um, but I, yeah. I think, like you say, it is quite a, yeah, quite an adult, quite a mature sh- like show, and these characters are yeah probably some of the most human <laughs> characters that I've experienced in anime, which is kind of ironic given that they're you know animals kind of thing. Um, I really like the humour of the show. Like I think that's mm. kind of, I mean, everything about it's great. but That's one of the things that kind of kept me in. It's like it's very quick. It's very dry. Um, especially, like, the, focused around the main taxi driver guy who's, yeah, just, like, very deadpan, but, like, yeah, entertaining at the same time. Mm. Um, what you're talking about, about the sort of, yeah, lots of different story threads and, like, different point-of-view characters that kind of you slowly see coming together in this kind of complex web, uh, like, actually reminded me a lot of dudarada which I've spoken about mm. on the podcast before, which is a very similar structure. Um And, like, even the setting is kind of, like, similar. um, Because that's kind of all in Ikebukuro. And this is... I think this is just across Tokyo, generally. Um, I I don't really know why it had to be animals. is kind of what I was thinking about throughout. I was kind of like... Apart from the fact that it makes it kind of quirky and different to watch. I was... At the same time, I was kind of like... This could be, like, live action. Like, it doesn't even have to be... Mm. anime that could work quite well as a sort of drama type thing and maybe that is something that they'll do one day which will be interesting um but yeah apart from that it was a really cool story it was nice to see like the different elements and different characters like thread together even when you kind of like are thinking all the way along i don't know why these are going to be relevant um Mm.
0: i I said the story for me was sort of felt refreshingly small Mm. like it really is just like there's no sort of grand saving the world it's just focused around this like relatively small cast of characters and sort of personal dramas and there's some bits where um it feels like a tragedy almost where it's like you can see where it's going and you're going oh god please stop Mm. no but it's just yeah it's just really compelling there's one particular episode um following one character who who loses his uh his mobile phone and that one was like really like creepy, weird, yeah. And but again, you know, in this kind of sort of animal, relatively like cutesy style. um And it's like i compared to some other shows where I actually did feel like quite lost in this one. I definitely sort of I didn't mind feeling pleasantly lost a lot of the mm. times because the show is like it, it's quite clear from the beginning. It's like don't worry, this will be explained. Yeah um yeah the the visual's really nice um like the there wasn't like any particular amazing animation, but the character designs are great they're all like really distinct um i i sort of i, I like the opening and ending songs um i I did find it sort of gave me akka vibes hmm. which was sort of not particularly because of any of the the plot threads but sort of the the kind of the laid back chill. And the sort of the, the unfolding mystery definitely reminded me of of Akka
1: yeah that's fair.
0: I think um, yeah I
1: think one thing we have to address I, I, I not not spoil it in any way is the last episode, yeah, um, where there is a big twist, shall we say, and yeah i I, I don't know it 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 definitely caught me by surprise. Um, it's kind of like a gotcha moment. Uh, but like for me, I don't really know what the point of it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's kind of like, look at how clever we are. We've been
0: like setting
1: this all up and like we're turning everything on its head, but it but there wasn't really a point to it. It didn't lead to anything.
0: Yeah. I've, I've been, I, I only watched the last episode yesterday, so I've still been kind of processing this. I I think, is definitely going to be divisive mm. um, in terms of how people feel about it. And I was like, I, I completely agree with you. In some ways, it's like, it's clever and it's sort of also kind of, it mm-hmm. is just like a ha gotcha. And yeah, mm. I uh, I think, you know, th- thinking about it more, it does sort of, it, it, it's more about like the way that the world is perceived and things like I, I'm really trying to not spoil this here. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there is an element I I don't mind it. I think at the end of the day, I think I was I was I, when when the, I saw the sort of the, the twist coming, I was like, oh god, I'm not sure I like this. And then after the twist happened, I was like, I can I'm sort of okay with this. Mm. Um,
1: but apart from that, um, I'd say like yeah. all the other story threads for all the different characters and things kind of tied up quite satisfactorily but I think I mean, yeah it was a bit rushed like towards the end like it, it felt like the final episode was doing a lot of heavy lifting to kind of just like get everyone to the right place
0: mm. well I, th- I think you know the the there wasn't necessarily much in the way that I, I, I think that the story threads had kind of got where they needed to be I don't think there was that there, there were only really a few like loose things that actually needed to be also sort of pulled together It was more just kind of showing how everything is more just get giving some resolution to those mm. plot lines for me. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it overall. Um, I'm I'm gonna put that solidly in like in great tier for me.
1: Great tier is exactly where I'd put it as well. Um, yeah, that's where it belongs. <laughs> there was also a really weirdly ominous ending. Oh yeah, like <laughs> the, the
0: very very last yeah. moment. That was just like yeah. I, I, that 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 I was actually way less sure about than you know the overall <laughs> yeah. the final episode twist, but
1: just thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, you can watch Odd Taxi on Crunchyroll.
0: You can. I've written here that the best guy was Goriki. Do you agree <laughs>
1: Go- with that? Goriki, the gorilla. Uh, yeah, he was pretty good. He was pretty good. I'm trying to think who, who did I enjoy. I quite liked the um, the cop brothers, the dogs. Uh... They're quite fun.
0: Which one? The older one, or the younger one?
1: Well, that's the thing. They were great as a pair. I think that's the that's what matters. Maybe the little one was better.
0: Fair enough. Okay. Um, next on the list is SSSS Dynazenon. Indeed. <laughs> um,
1: so, uh, do you recall a couple of years back?
0: SSSSSS Gridman. Exactly. Well done. Yes.
1: Um So. Might have done too many S's then. <laughs> These are shows by Studio Trigger, who, you know, we, we've been known to enjoy their works uh, from time to time. Um, and I'm not sure whether this is part of some overarching project. Obviously, like, they're related because they're both SSSS. Um, but it seems to be like, yeah, the series of shows that are... I think they're trying to be like a sort of send-up or like a bit of a twist on, like, the... Tokusatsu? Tokusatsu, yeah. uh, It's kind of Tokusatsu, kind of, like, a mix of other, like, little bits. But, yeah, like, the kind of genre of, yeah, like, kind of, you know, big combining robots, like, Power rangers type fighting things. Um, Not necessarily robots, but, like, yeah, exactly. That kind of, you know, Saturday morning cartoon slash, yeah, Tokusatsu thing. Um, And, yeah, it, it feels like they're trying to, like, yeah, play with that genre like, call out the sort of weird bits in it and also do something new with it. Um, but like with Gridman a few years ago, um, I think that they really struggle with it. I feel like they're... It, it's kind of half self-aware, but also half prisoner to, like, the genre that they're putting mm-hmm. it into. Um, so, like, for example, uh, because they've got these, like, giant kaiju things and then you're having, like, the giant kind of, like, mecha battle with it and, like, you know as is always the case with these things you're like blowing up buildings left right and center causing like tons of like damage um and then in like episode two or three of this show like it kind of like really sort of hones in on that and shows like the rubble and like the sort of the dead bodies and like the sort of calamitous damage that's occurring from these like big things um but then like it doesn't really do anything with that and it goes back to just like, you know, the cool excitement of like the big robots and the big fights and it's like okay, so I feel like you're trying to you're trying to make a point that like a lot of these sort of old shows uh, you know, like just glorify the violence and like the cool bits and like ignore the fact that, you know, you're wiping out entire city blocks, but then you are not really doing anything better with that, which is kind of like, yeah, doesn't quite sit right. Um, but apart from that uh the the other thing that annoys me actually which is also part of them being like a prisoner of the genre is they have to have like the sort of combining sequences like every episode um which like again initially i think it's just supposed to be oh look at the yeah like this is a massive throwback and also the fact that we keep doing it's just yeah like kind of you know a tribute slash send-off of this genre or whatever but like yeah it just gets more and more boring every episode like with the different parts of like Dino Xenon who's a big robot dinosaur thing uh coming together um and yeah just like using up airtime and like me looking at my phone while uh, <laughs> the, the head like flies into the torso and all this kind of thing um and the the like overarching story doesn't really make a lot of sense and like it just sort of it's trigger escalation at its worst like where the final episode was just like full on nonsense just things happening all over the place on screen with no real like conceivable rhyme or reason um, but all of that aside like the little bits that I did enjoy were actually the kind of human moments like because it's not all about the robots and the kaiju kind of stuff. Um, And, like, the main cast of characters, whilst not, like, phenomenally, like, interesting and compelling, like, have quite nice, like, interpersonal relationships and, like, little... Kind of like with Odd Taxi, little, like, quite human, like, things Mm. happening in their lives, which it, like, zooms in on every now and then, which is, like, quite quite cool. And, like, a lot of the dialogue is actually, like, pretty good um, and sort of felt quite modern and, like, real and human in a way that a lot of anime dialogue often doesn't, which um, is it's often, you know, just, like, really kind of high energy or, like, really expositional, <laughs> whereas, like, this actually felt like kind of teenagers talking to each other a lot of the time, which is, I thought, quite a a mood that's been difficult to capture for, for some shows. Um, again, that was kind of a bit of a twisting and turning uh, rant. Uh, but overall... God, this is this is a really boring thing to say because like I, f- I feel it sits in a similar kind of category as the others that we were talking about. Like it's it's pushing into good, but there's like so much like baggage with it. Like I was describing that mm. really like it, it makes it hard to sort of fully recommend. Like because some yeah, there's some stuff that you're just kind of sitting through, being like, ugh, why? Um, so I don't know. May- maybe it is more of a more of an okay at the end of the day.
0: Is it? Is it worth going... I think I watched the first episode, maybe, of SSSS SS, Gridman. I can't remember being, like, blown away by it, but I remember seeing people talking about it. No. I don't know if it was worth going back to.
1: No, uh, my, my feelings about Gridman are very similar to this, to be honest. I think, okay. yeah, it has a lot of the same problems, um, and so, some of the same positives as well. Um, but, yeah, overall, I'm not sure these are worth the, the, uh, the investment. Okay. The next show on the list is To Your Eternity, uh, and I'm not going to attempt the Japanese name, um, mostly because I can't remember it straight off my head. F- 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 uh, no, I said I wouldn't do it. You, you said you're it. not. Attempting uh, I them. said I wouldn't do it. Um, so this is a show that I've been anticipating for a while. Um, the original manga is by uh, the same author as Silent Voice, um, which had a very successful. Uh, theatrical adaptation a little while back and it was also a manga that I really enjoyed um, I I'd wanted to read this manga for a long time actually but like just due to sort of difficulty accessing it uh, affordably um, I have just put it off and then when they announced there was going to be anime I thought you know perfect I'll hold on for that and there's there's kind of quite a big hype train for it due to the, yeah, the pedigree and I know there's a lot of fans of the manga out there as well um, and to kind of get my feelings about it out there like front and centre I suppose uh, is it was good, I mean it's still ongoing actually, it is good and I'm enjoying it but it's not kind of as uh, transcending as I was led to believe it might be Um, have you watched this now or not yet?
0: I haven't I think you you said it, it might be something that was possibly worth watching to get my thoughts on but I haven't had time to
1: that's perfectly fair Um, so the show itself is about this weird abstract entity which still has not been explained um, so I can't tell you what it is um, who sends like this uh, kind of life force kind of thing down to earth who that originally like just inhabits a rock and is a rock um, but kind of learns and experiences from its environment and like then it kind of transforms into something else and then eventually it sees like a kind of wolf passing by and like dying from some wound and then it kind of becomes the wolf uh and then it kind of follows like where this wolf was going and it ends up like bumping into this kid who's like living in a hut in the arctic and like it's his wolf except it's not anymore because it's now this weird entity, uh, and they have kind of like some time together, and then the the kid dies, and then he becomes the kid, and it's it's, it's kind of weird <laughs> um, in many ways. Like it's kind of yeah, centers around this very like supernatural like force, um, but like those kind of little stories, it's like it's almost like a set of yeah like mini not quite vignettes, but, like, little, like, side arcs of, like, different sets of characters. And it's about this kind of central entity uh, sort of learning from those human experiences and, like, slowly becoming more human um, and at the same time also acquiring more things that he can transform into for some reason. Um, And, like, they're pretty interesting scenarios. Like, it's an interesting world that they've created. Um, But there's a few kind of things that are a bit weird about it. Partly is obviously like that's a very weird like premise and like very ethereal goings on Um, and because it's not like a kind of match to like our real world you're sort of left quite unsure about what the rules of that universe are and like what we and the characters in the world are like supposed to be impressed by or like surprised by because like Often people see this guy like transform into like a giant bear, and sometimes they'll be like, Ah, what the hell, like this is mad, and sometimes I'll just be like, Yeah, cool, whatever. And it's like, mm, <laughs> I, I just don't know what the wolves are right now. Um, and whilst uh, these like side stories can be like quite captivating, like it introduces like a new set of characters each time, pretty much. Um, it it becomes, like, quite predictably miserable. <laughs> um, like, I think the tone that it's aiming for is just, you know, kind of, like, gritty realism in terms of, like, people striving to get behind life kind of thing. Um, but particularly as we discover and establish that this thing, uh, like, absorbs people and, like, being able to... the power to transform into them, like, when they die you're kind of like, oh, well, someone here is going to die then and he's going to to be able to turn into them and, like, nothing's going to work out in the end because that's just the tone of the show, Um, which isn't... I mean, you know, it's it's, it's not necessarily a a bad thing to watch, but, like, when you know it's going to happen, that kind of Mm. detracts from it a bit, I suppose. Um, Though, like, in the sort of finale of the core that just finished, um, whilst pretty much all of the events were entirely predictable based on kind of what had come before. Like, they did manage to handle it quite well and it still felt quite quite poignant uh, at times, which is impressive because, like, yeah, that's not always the case. Um, and similarly on that kind of balance, because a lot of the show is also kind of fun, silly, like, comedy hijink stuff as well, because uh. this entity, like, isn't really human. Um and it's obviously like learning to become more human. So as a result, like does lots of you know, doesn't have any of the social graces, and you know, like he's acting out, and like people have to tell him off for like you know, shoving his face into a bowl of soup, you know, like this kind of like, quite base level comedy, I suppose. Um, and I don't think it gets the balance between that stuff and the poignant stuff quite right, so that it hits home.
0: I was going to say, from what you said, though, the comedy sounds like it'd be quite jarring. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I guess like, though that kind of everyday like, interaction and like some of the comedy stuff is probably like more uh, prominent in terms of screen time, but like less important, obviously, in terms of like the progression and the characters. Um, so yeah, like it, it doesn't really quite gel as much as I might like. And like the example that I think of is kind of Golden Camory, which does mm. a similar kind of thing, but it actually does it really well. And like the comedy bits don't detract from the like serious bits like, and vice versa.
0: Yeah Golden Camry very much like sort of not not necessarily segmented it but it sort of it made it clear it's like this is a serious moment and this is mm. a comedic moment rather than trying to sort of quickly transition between the two
2: Yeah
1: I, I mean it, it's, it's, it's a similar approach in this one just I don't think yeah I, maybe the I can't quite pinpoint area. exactly what it is but yeah I just don't think it, it worked as well Um, but it's, it's, it's still ongoing and I'm still watching it. And I think it has actually gotten maybe a bit better as it's gone along. Um, so maybe that will continue to be the case. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll report back, I'm sure in the future. How's Uh, like
0: the sort of art animation character designs?
1: Um, the, the, the character design is pretty cool. The art's pretty cool. As I say, like it, it, they've created a kind of like interesting alternate world and like how they evoke that in the art does make it sort of stand out and seem, like, quite exotic and, and interesting. Um, the animation is, like, solid. Like, it, I wouldn't say it was anything specific to write home about, like, even in the kind of big action set pieces. Um, but, like, it, it's, it's certainly not bad. Like, it does the job, for sure. Um, as things stand at this point in time... Uh, I'd probably say... Um, I, I might put it in the sort of upper echelons of good. Like, yeah. I'd he- I'd hesitate to put it into great, though I think it may- maybe it'll get there. Maybe it'll get there.
0: Okay. But it is still ongoing. It's still I'm ongoing, to... and it is on Crunchyroll. On... Excellent. Um, next on the list is Tokyo Revengers...
1: Have you seen this, Ben? I don't think you have.
0: I have not seen it. It's another one of those shows where I kind of looked at the key visual and went, hmm, this looks kind of mediocre. So
1: I did that as well. And then I was pleasantly surprised by how it was a bit better than the key visual kind of implies that it might be. Um, So the premise of this is there's this guy who's a kind of washed-up loser in his 20s or something, Uh, who one day sees a news report that his, uh, like, high school girlfriend's been killed in, like, a car accident. Or, like, a a car accident as a result of, like, gang violence, basically. Um, And he's a bit, you know, sad about that, but, like... Yeah, like, he he broke up with her, like, 12 years ago or something, or she dumped him. Um, But then, somehow, don't really know how, can't remember whether it's been explained or not as yet um he like travels back in time like to 12 years ago to when he's in high school and he's part of like the kind of gang scene that ends up forming the gang that ultimately results in her death um it's, a, it's it's a little bit contrived but uh but basically the whole show becomes about him traveling between like the present and this kind of time period like 12 years in the past uh of him like basically trying to unpick the sort of set of circumstances that basically led up to this gang going bad and, like, this violence starting and which ultimately, like, ends up with her dying. Um, and, you know, you know me, I like I like a time travel show uh, it, when it's done well. It's 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 kind of okay. So, like, the obvious comparison point on a number of levels is ReZero, which, you know, you have feelings on, uh, as we've probably discussed before. Um, Something like that because it's one of these things where the protagonist is this guy who is either being a goofball or he is literally screaming and crying like at like peak emotion like all of the time and yet people inexplicably seem to think that he's cool and listen to him um and also lots of bad stuff happens all the time and obviously there's the time travel element as well so it's basically like re-zero but in like a modern world rather than a fantasy world
0: See from the initial comments, they were saying. I was thinking more along like the erased kind of line.
2: Hmm. Yeah. But that maybe is maybe
0: uh... it's actually that. That's more of a dramatic show than this is.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting word to unpick for sure. Um, I think I like erased more <laughs> for memory, or at least before we get to the finale, we talked about that before, maybe. Um, this, yeah, like. It's. I think it's solidly good, and I don't. I'm not intending to drop it anytime soon. Um, though at the same time, I feel like it is starting to get a little bit repetitive and a little bit more predictable, um, because it seems to be falling into the pattern where yeah, he like goes back, whole load of stuff plays out. You know, he cries a lot. Um, people are like, oh, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Um, then he goes back to the future, and it's like, oh, maybe maybe things have changed and actually like he's fixed everything and maybe his girlfriend's going to be alive and then it's like oh actually no everything's still terrible and like now people are going to die again and then, then he has to go back and it's like okay um if it does that a couple more times then maybe I will get completely sick of it but um so far it's been like all right as i say yeah I, I, it sits solidly in good tier i don't i don't want to go further into it than that like a lot of the Characters and scenarios are pretty kind of like tropey and done, um, oh, yeah. but combined in a fairly novel way sometimes. Okay. It's on Crunchyroll. I think it's possibly produced by Crunchyroll. It might be a Crunchyroll original.
0: Uh, let me see if I can... It's, it's not clear looking at this, but um, it, may, it may well be.
1: They certainly made a lot of noise about it, which might be what led yeah. me to, to think that.
0: Fair enough. Um, next show is Vivi, Fluorite Eyes Song, which is a really awkward title, which comes to us from Wit Studio. And you want to hear my hot take here?
1: Let's hear your hot take, then.
0: Wit Studio have never made a good show. <laughs> wow. Or at least not a show that I've enjoyed. I haven't watched Vinland Saga, which mm. I think you enjoyed yeah but like i i that, that that's it, looking through the rest of it it's like there was i mean i didn't enjoy um attack on titan which i know lots of people enjoy i really didn't like that um what else was that there? there was um a no was pretty much trash um
1: rolling girls was that then? rolling
0: girls i don't think was very good um yeah, I, I, I was I was looking down the list and I was like, actually I don't really think there's anything that I've seen made by Wit that I've actually
1: They did that ever. weird
0: um Oh Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. Oh god. Ancient Magus Bride, which as we discussed before is like pretty but kind of not really a lot of depth to it. I didn't really enjoy Great Pretender, although I didn't really get that far into it. So I dunno. They're, they don't have a very good um, track record for me anyway
1: You've watched all of this?
0: All of Vivi, yes
1: Tell us your thoughts, Ben, or maybe set the scene first
0: So Vivi is a world I think it's basically sort of our world um, in the future-ish, not too far in the future and actually we start out like a hundred years from where we start hang on that we the first sort of scene that we see is 100 years in the future from where the story actually starts and we can see that um AIs are going crazy and murdering all the humans in incredibly violent ways possibly gratuitously violent ways and um then we see a scientist like hammering on some keys being like I've got to send it back and whatever I can't remember what he says he says you know some sciencey words and then we go back to 100 years in the past sort of really around the time when AIs are just kind of starting to become uh, a thing and we center on this one AI who is called Diva who is nicknamed Vivi by a certain character and she is her her job is as a, a songstress ai and her job is to make everyone happy with her singing and you will remember that her job is to make everyone happy with her singing because she will say that every episode multiple times well as as they um,
1: establish ben the ai's mission is very very important to them
0: ai is is supposed to have like one specific mission and they can't have more than one mission otherwise they won't work properly um which is a weird rule because it seems to be very quickly just like overturned by almost every AI character in the show. But anyway, um but basically a computer program, an AI program is sent back from a hundred years in the future to talk to Vivi and basically set her on a path where she has to, over the next hundred years, alter the timeline to prevent this, um, this AI uprising from ever happening. And the story unfolds of like, you know, of these various events throughout these hundred years of, um, needing to go off and change something or stop something from happening to kind of change the timeline and change people's perceptions of AIs. And it's, it's not a bad premise. Um, I thought it was kind of cool I mean AI is a really interesting experience to ex a really interesting concept to explore and um yeah, I did not like this show at all
2: uh-huh.
0: I thought it was really not very good and frustrating in a lot of ways uh it it's. I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you want to put some thoughts in there about the story and things there, or <laughs> um, I, I, I've got all these notes ready to go.
1: I'm sure you do, and I'll, I'll let you uh, let you have your time for sure. I mean, so con- controversially, uh, I'm of not of the exact opposite opinion, but of the opposing opinion that I actually liked this quite a bit. Um, I, I enjoyed the show quite a lot. I did not enjoy the ending, um, like the last two episodes specifically, but up till then I enjoyed it quite a lot um it reminded me quite a lot of violet evergarden actually that we were talking about earlier um
0: i i've written that i thought it was like violet evergarden crossed with albner zero
1: <laughs> well that you found my perfect show ben
0: <laughs> yeah i mean you did that th- those shows did appeal to you more than they appeal to me so maybe that's that's why
1: there you go um yeah both in the fact that obviously, like the main protagonist is kind of like an emotionless husk (laughs) at least initially um but specifically just in terms of like yeah it's a set of basically like little vignettes these little points in history that focus around like a particular group of characters a particular set of like happenings um and like i found most of those setups like quite interesting like quite a interesting scenario to like imagine like but in, in our real world as well like you know how might that how might this have come come to pass um not saying that they were necessarily like super believable scenarios in each of these cases but just like thinking about ai and that kind of stuff um the thing the thing that annoy me slightly um similar to like uh what i was saying earlier about kind of 86 is that it introduces, obviously, th- these theme, this-, this grand theme about mm. AI and people and their interaction and, like, what's the future and, like, you know, can AIs really be people and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, again, it only really scratches the surface. Like, I don't think it really delves into the specifics of that in the way that kind of almost promises that it will. Um, but if you, like, leave behind those elements of it, I guess, there's some fun little mini-stories and also some, like, actually quite good action <laughs> sequences. Like, for the first few episodes, like I constantly forget that it's actually, like, an action show because, like, on the face of it, it also calls itself, like, a music show, which is, like, a, a something that you could potentially challenge. Um, and, like, obviously a lot of the kind of interactions aren't all based around violence, but yeah, then you know, the music will kick in and Vivi will enter, like, combat mode or whatever, um, and then suddenly there'll be a lot of uh, flying around and high-octane stuff going on. Um, but that's yeah. kind of, like, broadly where I sit with it. L- lay, mean, lay your criticisms on us, Ben.
0: I, 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 I'll, I'll run through, through my notes here. Um, I mean, for me, it was, like, the show felt sort of both confused and confusing from the start like mm. especially sort of early on at, well actually no, you know all the way throughout this sort of wacky like non-stop pacing occasionally it was just like assuming it would like th- there'd be something on screen that would be kind of vague and the show would just assume that you'd completely understood what was going on with like a very slight hint but you wouldn't actually have time to absorb what it was trying to show you and i was just like i don't i don't feel like i like, i sort of understand this now but you haven't really given me any time to process this like there was there was one guy there was one character at one point who where it sort of turns out that he's basically like had his brain put in an ai body and mm-hmm. i think that was sort of supposed to be obvious but it wasn't really because he still just looked like a human and that was really there's a lot of stuff like that which just made me think, I just don't know what's going on. Um, A lot of, there there was a lot of contrivance just to say, oh, we need to do this thing. It's like, why do you need to do that? It's like, because it would look really cool on screen, which I I don't mind that. That's absolutely fine. But the show did constantly feel like it was trying to be clever about things. And I feel like you, you either need to make a sort of a dumb action show or you need to make a smart show in which things make sense. But trying to sort of do both didn't quite work for me um and i've sort of judged it on the show that it wants to be rather than what it is and then there was some other sort of weird choices like i think in the second episode it wrote it rolled credits over white white over black which i think might have been because the ending sequence wasn't finished yet the the ending sequence really wasn't anything special there wasn't much to it so but then you know sort of having I feel like if if you're going to roll like credits white over black you have to sort of earn that moment (laughs) the way they were doing it um as i said ai is like a really interesting concept i've really felt like there was very little done that actually explored Mm. ais um one of the first things they say is like oh they've introduced this ai rights law and then sort of a few episodes later it was like yes this AI was like forcibly taken away and installed in this facility and it's like did this AI not have any rights to deny this the AIs apart from Vivi never really act like AIs like you, you, you meet Vivi and you're like she's like the most advanced like free AI ever and then you're immediately shown like a contemporary AI that lives in a server that is way more like emotive and sounds more like a person um And it's just like when all the AI characters act like humans, because a a, a lot of the the thing is it's just like, wow, this AI did this, and it was really unexpected. But it's like if the AIs are just constantly acting like humans, I'm not really surprised when they do things that humans would do.
2: Hmm.
0: Whereas, you know, there was was one particular character um, that was just like this sort of basic robot thing that like holds up a picture and I was like how would you describe this picture and she's like oh it's cute and there's like this this stupid robot that actually really felt like an AI and then it died later on and I was actually way more sad about that than I was about basically any other character death
1: that was a sad time
0: because it just it it just sort of, it keeps introducing these these sort of side characters in each story and I never really feel felt like I actually got to know any of them on an emotional level. Mm. It's just like you introduce these characters and then at the end of the story they're dead. And even some of the sort of recurring characters, there was this one recurring character who had the weirdest, dumbest motivations ever for wanting to, he was part of this anti-AI terrorist organisation. I still have no idea what kind of brain gymnastics he did to actually work out his motivations. It was... It it blew my mind.
1: That character was, yeah, uh, an interesting one. Um,
0: yeah, the 100-year span concept thing is cool. It sort of... I, I didn't feel like it was utilised in the best way because often it's just like, oh, we did this thing, and it didn't really make much difference. It sort of felt more like, you know, just having a soft reset for each storyline. Maybe to, like... to to affect the, the storyline was frequently having to do things that were kind of bad. It's like, oh we need to go and destroy this facility that is like, you know, ostensibly a force for good and but because it's gonna cause AIs to accelerate too quickly. And it's just like all that fault of it that there wasn't really that much exploration of like the morally moral grayness of some of these things. It's just like, oh we have to do this because this is what we have to do. So they had to sort of picture the hero and the the Singularity Project, which is this thing to kind of stop the the AI uprising. the The goals seemed really all over the place. I know there were supposed to have sort of calculated this path that everything needed to take, but then surely once you've changed the past, then the future will change. So how can how do you have all this mapped out? Um, and the whole thing with like data or programs being sent back in time was never explained really yeah that like, was pretty I bad know, i think i don't I th- know where that came from
1: i think they were intentionally obtuse about it because i feel like they broke their own rules several times in the last yeah. two episodes um
0: yeah they there was some some deus ex machina like in the last last couple of episodes involving that which really just annoyed me because not only did it it was just used in a stupid way yeah it was um
1: that that was the most frustrating thing about the series for me.
0: Um yeah, as I said, the, the the main characters I didn't find particularly appealing, like Vivi herself was just she was really just there to kind of she she'd never really had kind of a clear motivation. She was meandering a lot of the time. I mean, similar to the guy in Masherino Otoe, she kind of really got an idea of what she wanted to do. Um, Matsumoto, which was, like, the program from the future, her, like, robots, her robo robot buddy, who's fun to be with, um, was very, I don't know, I didn't really like his personality, he was, like, you know, talking very quickly and being kind of annoying, and didn't ever really get beyond that to me. Um... The, the, there's this sort of, as I said, there's this terrorist organization called TOAC who are like anti AI terrorists, and I just didn't know what they wanted. They seemed to just just be there, like generally, and then by the end of the show, again, they're just there. they just seem to have completely changed the side of what they actually wanted. They were like, oh no, we're not actually after you know destroying all AIs. Now we want AIs and humans to live in harmony. Like, is that not just they? They, they did explain
1: different? that. Um, not super satisfactorily, but it did explain that.
0: But it's like, imagine if you had a splinter group of Al-Qaeda and their plan was to, like, spread Christianity across the globe. That's what it felt like to me. It was, it was weird. I don't know. I just, the character designs were okay. The world was, design was okay. I said, I, I felt like it took a bit more guidance from, like, iRobot. The Will Smith movie rather than the Asimov novel um, I felt like what would have I didn't want it to be longer but I thought that if they'd if they'd cut out a couple of the sort of the vignette stories and then made the remaining ones sort of a couple of episodes longer just to actually like really more explore some of the concepts rather than skimming over some of the things that would have made it better yeah. and yeah the ending was just I don't even know what to think it was just it was just weird
1: I think similarly as well like to what you were just saying they could have also stripped back on like the action like it yeah b- because of how it introduces itself it doesn't feel like it's a show that needs to like be so action heavy and like often does feel a little bit out of place um so yeah like take that time and do something a bit more thoughtful
0: the the thing for me is that the reason they seem to have the action is because they didn't really have anything underneath it to back it up for me. Like if you strip away the action, there's really actually not that much there. There's no sort of that not, nothing else really holds together. The action there is to, just to distract you, so you don't realize that it's just a mess otherwise.
1: Was well, pretty fun action though.
0: I mean, it was alright. It was it was it was pretty good. I I. I, I think I, the problem is I was just like so upset about everything else that I couldn't really enjoy the action.
1: I can picture it very well.
0: So I'm am yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this solidly in bad tier for me.
1: Amazing, uh, for me it sits in uh, great tier. So there you oh, are. Oh
0: wow. Well, there you go. That's, one of our first uh,
1: major disagreements on air.
0: Well, you, you did say like, oh, you should watch this one, um, and I was watching. I was like. Did Mike want me to watch this because it was so bad? And he wanted to get my feelings on it, but I don't know. I mean, my my partner had similar feelings on it, but we we tend to agree on a lot of things. So, you know, that's why we're getting married.
1: That's what they tell me. Uh, let's take a a very short diversion to uh, Yukoku no Moriarty season two, or Moriarty's Revenge, I think season two before getting on to the, the final, uh, show of our season, um, so, yeah, this is a show obviously based on Sherlock Holmesy things, as many things are these days, um, but from the perspective of Moriarty, and he's, like, doing crimes for the greater good, so that kind of stuff, um, this is one, again, where, like, I'm not really sure why, like, I, I stuck with it, like, by the end of the first season, it was already, already kind of, like, losing its charm, um, Mostly because it, like, stopped focusing on Moriarty as much, which was kind of the point. Like, it introduced Sherlock Holmes and then started following him around. It's like, why? Um, but uh, there are a few kind of, like, fun moments. There's an absolutely ridiculous uh, point in the show where they try to tie... Um, I'm not going to go into the full context of it, but they basically tried to tie Irene Adler into, like, the birth of James Bond. <laughs> um, and that's all that needs to be said about it, really. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it was quite frustrating on the whole, to be honest, like, the the, the the plots in this series were, like, fairly, yeah, standard, fairly boring, um... There was a weird emphasis at the end of the show for the finale where they, like, tried to make it all about the friendship between Sherlock and Moriarty, even though they'd only met, like, twice before. And, yeah, it, it seems to, like... They seem to be trying to draw on, at least for the finale, on, like, you know, the kind of rampant Sherlock fandom that a lot of it kind of came from, you know, like, the BBC series and stuff. And yeah. there's a lot of, yeah, particular kind of fiction around that that they were revoking. Um, and, yeah, like, the... the a lot of it didn't really make any sense, like the motivations. Um, mostly in the finale, like it was, it was fairly solid, like believable up until then. Um, but yeah, the the one thing I did particularly enjoy about this was that the subtitles often try to be like really English, <laughs> and so like the Japanese voice voice actor is kind of like you know like what or whatever you know, it'll be like a nanny moment kind of thing. But then the subtitles will be like, oh, blimey, governor! <laughs> or like that kind of <laughs> thing. It's like, yeah, I appreciate that. That's good fun. Um, but yeah, uh, apart from that, I wouldn't recommend it at all. It's got Stereo Dive Foundation, but it's not like amazing. Oh, amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, Stereo Dive Foundation songs, apart from... Daisy probably <laughs> they went, went downhill
1: day. quite quickly. They? There are a couple of good B-sides, actually, but, you know, maybe that's something for another time. Um, I
0: forgot to say, VB, you can watch on Funimation. That is very which true. Which I'll have more to say on later.
1: Uh, Moriarty, likewise, I believe, is on Funimation. Um, so, last, but by no means. What, what, what was
0: your, your tier? Oh, for... yeah, tier for Moriarty,
1: uh, OK. OK. OK, tier.
0: Yeah, so last is uh, Zombieland Saga Revenge, which is the second season of Zombieland Saga, which is a show that I don't even know what it's about anymore. I have got... It is an idle comedy sci-fi tourism propaganda.
1: I mean, that's about as concise as you can be, I think.
0: So... um, this i mean the basic plot of of zombieland saga um it's not like you know a gory zombie anime it's very much a silly comedy with zombies um it's about a group of girls from various points throughout japanese history who've been reanimated um by some nutty manager guy played by Miyano mamoru who um wants to bring them all back to form like an idol super group to save Saga prefecture which is a, a prefecture in in southern japan and um yeah it's just like just the the first season sort of set up with um you know wacky hijinks and singing songs and the this idol group sort of trying to get there their initial popularity people don't know they're zombies they wear, they wear makeup and they're constantly having to try and hide the fact that they're zombies which is where a lot of the comedy is derived from. I, I I've quite enjoyed season one I remember like thinking it was a really fun show and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, season two really seemed to step it up for me I don't know if you'd echo that. Um, the animation seemed better across the board the like general Craziness was sort of amped up a bit. I was surprised by how like happy I was to be, be watching it again. I was like, "This is yeah, this is great." Um, definitely, sort of reveling in its absurdity. Um, it was like it had a lot of serious moments that were also hilarious. Like I was like, "Oh God, this is sad," but also I'm laughing a lot. And yeah, I I, I mean, I was laughing through most episodes. It's really funny. Um, I realized I've forgotten about the plot of the second season here which is that between the seasons um there was the a big concert planned for our our hero idols and um at this like huge venue and basically the show was a complete disaster and um and they didn't like sell they they sold hardly any tickets and um they're saddled with this huge debt so we, we pick up from them where they're basically like at their lowest low and um, trying to sort of work odd jobs to get their money back, and um, and the manager has, like gone to drinking. I mean, this all sounds very serious, but it's all actually just hilarious because you know they're zombies, and um, and in in the the general thread of the show is them like getting their revenge. In terms of like that, you know, having a comeback. You got any thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I mean you, you've covered it quite well. Like it, it follows the same kind of format as season one in the sense that like each of the idols has their own kind of like little episode or like little sort of mini character arc where it focuses on them for a bit where they kind of like grow a little, uh, like that kind of thing. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's just like it's good comedy, it's good songs, it's good Miyano Maru, Like it's 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 a good time, um, and it all kind of culminates. It's not really a spoiler. It's like a final concert kind of moment. Mm. Um, I won't go into like the details of it, but um, it's basically yeah, a like, final live and like it's just, it's just like it hit me quite hard actually. Like yeah, the whole mm. the whole show is like really really funny and enjoyable, but like the kind of like final concert kind of gave me sort of goosebumps in a way. Like the whole yeah. the whole kind of setup of it and kind of like the lyrics of the songs that they were singing, it like, felt very sort of fitting and powerful in the current moment and I'm sure that was kind of intentional on the part of the creatives but, like, it worked really well and, uh I mean, yeah, for me I think I think this is probably the show that I like the most this season Yeah,
0: um, I I mean it, it's it's between this and, and Odd Taxi for me, I think uh, I'm still sorting out my, my feelings on, <laughs> on Odd Taxi Yeah, but, yeah, I mean it, it, this just, like Again, as I said, it it just seemed like it just stepped everything up from the first season. Um, There was just, like, every time I think that I I know what's coming next and then it would just go completely, you know, off what I went in, like, a brilliant way. Um, There was this, and and again, you know, this is, I guess, like a mild spoiler, but not really. There was, like, a a two-episode sort of insert of, like, a Meiji-era flashback. And that was just like completely unexpected but also really cool and sort of shows us some background i mean maybe that looking back i mean it, it was really cool i'm not sure how well this worked overall in the tone of the show because mm. it was a bit more serious and a bit less comedy but it was just like there was another um show that was on the season which was uh joran the princess of snow and blood mm. i think and i was watching that show at, i it, but I started watching because I was like, "Oh, here's some like major era intrigue," and then it wasn't that great. And I was watching *Zombieland Saga*, and I was like, "This has better major era <laughs> intrigue than Joran does." Yeah, basically. Um, I thought that there wasn't as much of a focus on sort of the individual characters in terms of their backstories; mm. more about sort of pushing forward. Yeah. Um, the the dance. So, so whenever they're on stage and dancing there's often like sort of they use um cgi models rather than hand animation i think either they the cgi models were better this time or they interspersed more hand animation but i found it way less jarring um i thought that was good there there were some like episodes that weren't as good um but overall i mean i thought it was a really solid showing um there was a I, I, when I go on YouTube, I sort of I, some you know you get sort of suggested like news things from certain mm. channels. I like, went getting suggested ones from Crunchyroll, and they had a list of like isekai animes that aren't isekai, and one of them was Zombie Land Saga. What? <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I sort of apart from the fact that you're like dying and then coming back and starting a new life it's not in another world it's still just very much and i mean that's kind of part of the fun of it is it is very much like in the normal world like normal world things and then yeah they um there was a bit at the very very end um of the series which hopefully implies that like a season three is coming although i've got no idea what it's going to be about yeah no i clue what
1: it would be but i also um, want it
0: yeah i just I, I i just i don't have that much more to say on this but i did just i just really enjoyed it and it's thoroughly recommended i'm saying it's like great tier like almost like kind of getting up towards god tier probably Ooh. not quite there but yeah like, you know on, on the high side of great tier
1: yeah I, I i'd throw it solidly in great tier as well um yeah, i I, I, don't, I don't think it's quite close enough to be good to but um no. definitely my favorite this season but on the whole this season even though I like obviously got through quite a few shows like I think the sort of average level of quality has been a bit lower which is a yeah shame.
0: um I th- th- I mean I really didn't watch that what how many shows do I watch um like five mmm
1: and it looks like um, we're going into a summer season that uh, may or may not be devoid of quality as well. So,
0: yeah, I mean, should should we, do you want to talk quickly about some stuff that we we dropped? I mean, we can do this quickly. We both stopped watching My Hero Academia because. After, like, a bit of a lacklustre second half to the previous season, it started off this one and being like, yeah, we're going to have some, like, training battles. And it's going to... You, you could see very quickly it's going to take up the whole 13 episodes. And I just thought, I don't care about this. Yeah, I don't um, care about Class 1B.
1: Exactly. And I'm just so sick of the thing that it does at the start of every season where, like, for the first, like, three episodes, it has to tell you everyone's name and their power, like, <laughs> the first time you see them on screen. And, yeah, it's just... It's, it... it it, it doesn't surprise me anymore and yeah the whilst i did experience moments of like highs moments of gold in the last season like the rest of the gubbins around it it's it's just not worth it for me anymore so finally dropped that one even though we're about four seasons in
0: i do wonder like I, i i did think maybe you know if i can skip past this whole sort of stupid sequence and then got back into it but i'm just not sure i i i'm sort of i'm interested about what's the stuff going on with like with um one for all and mm. the all that kind of thing but then yeah that just nothing happened with that though was just just a just a tease yeah um joran as i said i started watching and it just wasn't really that interesting um it was like a weird steampunk setting which i wasn't didn't wasn't really that into i didn't really it was just a bit weird all over the place yeah. Myco um, House was like this show about Myco, which are, like junior geishas, and I thought that would be cool. And then it turned out to be really weirdly structured. And they'd spend half the show like having insets where they'd talk about food that they're gonna have. Um, do you want to talk about your shows that you <laughs> uh, dropped?
1: Burning Kabaddi is that the name? The Kabaddi anime, um, which I was like, oh, I should watch this because. You know, it's a sports anime, which I, you know, generally give a, a bit of a pass to anyway. But also, it's about kabaddi, which everyone loves, which is the, the, the sport where you like, run around saying kabaddi and try and like tag people and get back to your zone. But what they did was spend like six episodes explaining what kabaddi is, <laughs> um, yeah. without like introducing, without even having like a full game for one thing. But also, without really introducing like what the hell the series was doing or where it was going, and like. Then maybe there was a nod to like it becoming a very predictable like arc of like into high or whatever, and I was just like can't be bothered. Like the, the characters aren't strong enough. Um, you haven't even shown us the sport really. Um, mm. So yeah, off it went. Uh, Cestus Roman fighter, something like that was the name. Ah, um, oh, it's just it's. it's, it's uh, I'm lost for words. Um, the, the the start of episode one. Like, the pre opening role in episode one, from memory, was hand drawn, and everything else is really bad CG. <laughs> right
0: oh. after that. Um, but, I hate it when shows do that. But that's
1: even beside the point. It's an absolutely abysmally written show about a, um, a Roman slave fighter, and it's just about, like, the boxing and stuff. But, like, the dialogue is atrocious, the scenarios are dumb um it was it is pushing the so bad it was good but not not quite there to the extent that i kept with it because it was also quite painful to watch because of the bad cg but yeah um and then the other one was uh oh Hige Hido. I, I i shaved and f- fell in love i don't i can't remember what the yeah. full name of the show is it's got a dumb like old name um Which is a show about a guy who basically finds a uh, high school girl, like, on the street who's been, like, homeless. Oh,
0: yeah, I did see the... I I saw that. and I was like, it looks vaguely intriguing, but also I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I went into it being like, this looks more intriguing than your average, like, novel nonsense. And it's also got, like, adults and stuff in it, so maybe it would be a bit more interesting. And it it did hold me for a few episodes, because it felt like it was going to be... Quite an interesting, yeah, just kind of like personal drama, and she had like quite a troubled past and all this kind of stuff. But it quite quickly became obvious it was just like a very, you know, like they introduced more and more female characters mm. who were just inexplicably in love with the main guy, <laughs> and it just became that formula, like harem, like novel kind of scenario, even though it was more of a like grounded setting. So, yeah, I just gave up. Maybe it's all right.
0: That's all the shows we dropped. I just wanted to have a quick side note on um, Funimation, which I actually... I've never tried using Funimation before. Um, I, I got a trial account literally just to watch Vivi, um, And, I mean, like, Crunchyroll is not a great experience at the moment. I have very mixed feelings about the phone app. I tend to watch a lot of things, mostly through, like, Chromecast, um, which lots of things just seem to be not at all designed around which I find no end of frustration with Funimation was possibly the worst experience I've ever had with these things like it was it was really so bad I was trying to watch things I I, I was trying to stream things onto onto Chromecast and the quality was like terrible it will sort of just the quality will change, you know, second by second, between being absolute garbage, like 360p pixelated, and then being 1080p next second. It couldn't decide what it wanted to do. The subtitles at first were, it, it sort of, it, it does the sort of the thing you would sort of expect to see on um, on old terrestrial TV, where you've got, you know, text with a black box behind oh, right, it, rather wow. than just no, just having text with a border. And I couldn't seem to get rid of that. And then you couldn't, I had to go on, I was on my phone, I had to go, on, go to my computer and go onto their websites to enable, to let me watch um, mature content, which I wasn't allowed to do on my phone for whatever reason. And then I tried to watch things and then the subtitles were in Spanish. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I, there was no way of changing it. Like there was no option for the subtitle language. Everything was set to English. It was repeatedly giving me subtitles in Spanish in terrible quality. Eventually, I started using the Switch app, which was somewhat better. It still had the subtitles with like the black backgrounds, but at least it was in English, and the quality was slightly more constant. But I mean, I still had glitches and problems all over the place. It was a really bad experience, and I'm just deeply upset about the whole thing. Well, I'm
1: glad you had a chance to tell the world,
0: Ben. Yeah, um, and it's just—it's just just really annoying. I mean, I'm told that um, the the Verve app, which is like sort of combines Crunchyroll and um, and 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 Funimation, but is only available in the US, is significantly better. But we'll see if that comes out in the UK at some point. Yeah, it's a low bar to clear, as it is. So anyway, so uh, this episode of Stuff Bend Mike Like is brought to you by Funimation. <laughs> it's not really. That would be something. Um,
1: Funimation, please invite us to your like weird influencer movie premi- premieres. I was very jealous of those yeah. people who saw Moon Train.
0: Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that's uh, that's pretty much everything we have to say. Did you want to, in terms of like some picks for uh, the upcoming season, which may or may not be trash? <laughs> it looks There's mostly a, trash. Um it, there is a lot of trash. There's a um, a a vampire anime by Bones called Vanitas no carte or something.
1: Yeah, I'll probably try that.
0: Um There's Madhouse weird superpower thing called Sunny Boy.
1: Yeah, probably watch that.
0: Um something mappa related demons. Called Heon Sedai no Ida Tachi.
1: Shrug. I mean Mappa seem to be doing like twenty shows at a time these days.
0: Yeah, there's I mean, Mappa I find is generally one of the more consistent studios these days in terms of like half decent shows.
1: Yes and no. Like that that was getting to be the case, I found, but then because of that, they seem to have been attracting like way more commissions and picking up way more Uh, shows and as a result i think the overall quality is like dipped a bit except maybe ones like flagship ones they're really focusing on um and that you've heard there have been some real horror stories about like conditions in the studio because of the amount of work uh, they've been doing and like yeah it's just it's not a great story
0: well maybe we'll skip that one on um (laughs) I don't know. On moral grounds. Ethical grounds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll
1: probably, like, give a chance to the um, the water polo show that's coming out next season. Oh,
0: yeah, which is also a map, I Yeah, think. probably. Um, um, there's Shiroi Sunano Aquatope, which <laughs> is a PA Works show, and I will read you the verbatim description here. A former idol goes to Okinawa and finds a new life, helping a struggling aquarium from shutting down. Which is like the most PA works description of anything ever I can't wait. To be honest. It'll um, be great. we'll see if it like falls into, you know, the the glass lip category <laughs> or the um, the Sakura Quest category. And then there's um Kaizoku Ojo, which is about a girl who becomes a samurai pirate as far as I can tell
1: promising on the face of it but we all know what happened with bodacious space pirates ben
0: yeah this is by production ig and i mean the key visual looks cool which is always a good sign um yeah apart from that there's a lot of stuff that just looks like absolute trash so we will see if anything else pops up
1: we'll definitely be reporting back i'm sure
0: um
1: so with that i think that's uh, a wrap on episode nine of stuff ben and mike like
0: Yeah, we'll go with that one. We'll change it in post. (laughs) Episode nine. (laughs) Okay, well, um, hopefully, you know, next time we speak, we'll uh, be the seventh best-rated anime and manga podcast in the UK.
1: I can only assume so after this banger.
0: Right. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And um, I've been Ben. I've been Mike. And we like Stuff. Stuff yeah okay
1: Uh, see you next time bye